And welcome to the Alien vs. Predator Galaxy podcast. This regular host, Aaron Percival, and joining me, as always, is my uh, fellow squad mate, fellow Colonial Marine, Adam Zeller, aka Ridgetop. And we're joined today by a special guest, a another Colonial Marine. This one's an actual, authentic Colonial Marine. Dropping people through those missiles raining around, explosions behind us as she flies off. Uh, <laughs> welcome, Ashley Haddad, the voice of. Oprah Hunslet from Aliens Dark Descent. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for inviting me on. So, Ashley, first things first, we'd like to, again, thank you for taking the time to come and join us to talk about your experiences with the Alien franchise. But before we dig into that acid-filled joy, though, can you tell our audiences a little bit about you? Like, who are you? What do you do? And what are your major interests? I'm Ash. I'm an actor and voiceover artist, part-time teacher now, teaching voiceover work, singing sometimes. I'm a big nerd, pop culture, consumer extraordinaire. Have a tiny dog that I'm obsessed with. Her name is Trico, named after a video game character, as in The Last Guardian. Ooh, yeah, my girlfriend really likes that one. You know, one of our staple questions when we get the pleasure to talk to us with yourself, you know, who are involved in our favorite franchise. It's about the first time you experienced what we're going to be talking about. You know, the first time you experienced Alien. Do you remember your first encounter with Alien? Was it one of the films or through something else? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think I have a set moment in my head that was like the first time I ever saw it. I'm sure I watched the movies as a kid. We were a big, like fantasy sci-fi adventure film household my dad was really into star wars and like the dark crystal and willow and indiana jones and all that stuff so we used to watch a lot of classic 80s like adventure stuff so i'm sure that we watched aliens when i was little but i don't have like a strict memory of like oh, it just kind of feels like it was always there in my <laughs> in my life i remember re-watching them in college like watching them in order when i was in college to kind of get you know an adult perspective on the films but yeah i don't know it's just one of those franchises that i feel like has always been there i mean it's, it's seeped into pop culture quite a lot so things like simpsons you know back in the day exactly exactly references to it are everywhere even the overt stuff i'm surprised at how over ready player one was you know a few years ago when it did the uh, the chesper sequence there you gotta love a chest burster. We also watched um, Spaceballs a lot as kids, so there's that classic little chest bursters moment in that too. Not again! <laughs> the little hat. The same actor too. Yeah, that was one of the early Alien references. <laughs> Do you have a particular favorite of the films? The first two are definitely my favorites, and they're so different. I really, really like the kind of quiet, like terrifying horror aspects of the first one where you really don't know what the hell's going on. Classic 80s, like horror in the air ducts scenario. But then the second one is so much action and you get all of the like, you know, sort of adventure stereotype guy, all the machismo and all the wisecracking jokes, like the antics 
get upped in the second one in a way that's really fun and you get the fun new equipment. It really feels like a proper sequel where they like upgraded everything. So I, I love them both, to be honest. I think the second one's probably my favorite just because there's so many more fun characters to get attached to. It's so of archetypes, especially for like video game characters as well. You know, what sort of sci-fi militaristic game, well, not even necessarily sci-fi. I mean, even doesn't the Call of Duty reference it in some fashion or another repeated dialogue? So many things reference it yeah i literally as soon as i finished recording for this game i started recording for payday 3 which has just come out and the character i play in payday 3 literally makes aliens references in her lines and i was like oh that's really (laughs) that's really great it's all coming around do you remember any specific references for the payday I said the we're in the pipe five by five. Wow, that's even better. And I was like getting my pilot lines in yes. here. Yeah, and definitely said a game over, man. We did a lot of nerdy references in Payday <laughs> 3. I referenced like Firefly and Star Wars. And yeah, we went through a lot of them. I like when things you work on reference other stuff. I feel like it's a handshake to those that came before you. <laughs> Especially going straight from one into the other. That's brilliant. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd love to hear more about your journey as a voice actor as well. How did you come into that profession? I started as an actor. I did acting all through school when I was younger and went to college and got a theater major degree and was also a singer in college as well and was kind of trying to figure out where I wanted to fit in the arts. But, you know, either way, my voice was going to be used somehow. And I just remember I, I was really fascinated by voiceover stuff. I really admired all the voice actors from like my childhood cartoons, like those 80s and 90s golden age of like Saturday morning cartoons or after school, like Animaniacs, Ninja Turtles, Gargoyles, all that good stuff that I used to binge watch as a kid. And I remember when IMDb was like a new website you could go look at and look up information on movies. And I figured out that there were actors whose jobs were just to voice every character I loved from my childhood. Like I remember looking up Robert Paulson and finding out that he he voiced like every character that you could possibly think of from the 90s. And then I went down a rabbit hole of looking up every voice actor and was just like, oh my God, this is a job. You can do this as a job. So became a little bit obsessed with that in high school and got to college and kind of did an independent study with a teacher who had done some voice work for like commercials and stuff. So me and another actor friend of mine, Paul Mide, made our own sort of radio independent study voice acting course so that we could work one-on-one with this teacher and sort of get into it. Then after college, I said, hmm, I think I want to go to grad school and keep doing this. So I looked up grad schools that had voice acting as part of the curriculum and the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, their master's course had acting for stage, screen, and radio. So you learn how to do every facet of the job and that really, really appealed to me. So I went there and I did that. And really, really, again, loved doing the voice work in school and just kind of hit the ground running after graduation and got myself a voice agent and was like, okay, let's go (laughs) and started working on like BBC radio dramas and random like internal corporate things, medical videos, all sorts of weird stuff. When you first start voice acting, you really just kind of take what comes your way. Yeah, you take what comes your way and you get some really weird projects. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And now I'm here and now I do it all the time. (laughs) And that's great. That's what you love. I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. 
So, like we said, you know, you voiced Corporal Hunslet, everybody's favourite dropship pilot from uh, <laughs> Dark Descent, as, as well as some additional characters, I believe. Can you tell us about learning about that opportunity, you know, learning about the roles in Dark Descent and your experiences with the casting process? Yeah, so the casting process, much like everything else in, in video game acting, is very discreet, very locked down with NDAs, and it's very need-to-know. Like, when I get sent audition requests from my agents, there's never like the name of the actual game on the audition. So you don't know what you're auditioning for. So I think the initial audition material was just like, she's a Marine, she's snarky, she's got a big mouth and a cocky veneer, and she's like a lighthearted foil to the action scenes. And I was like, okay, you know, you get like a little snippet of a description of a character. And if you're lucky, you get an image of something to kind of give you an idea. And so I think there might have been a little design snippet of her head to be like, this is what she looks like. But it didn't give anything away. With the aviators. No, it wasn't aviators. It was just a picture of her under the helmet, which I feel like a lot of people don't know what she looks like under the helmet. I don't think the game even shows that. I don't think the game ever shows it, but if you look at some production materials, she's got short cropped, like cool blonde hair. She's got neck tattoos. Yeah, she's really cool. But yeah, I basically just got a snippet that was like, she's a smart ass Marine and she's a pilot. And I was like, okay. And they were like, it's a space game. So you're like a space pirate. And I was like, cool. So that was pretty much it. And then the lines are very vague. The lines don't give anything away either. So it's all very much like incoming, you know, just like really kind of like random battle lines and maybe a few quips. No, no, in the pipe five by five. No, nothing like that. Uh... Yeah, nothing to give it away. So that was in, I auditioned in July 2021, which feels like a million years ago now, and didn't start recording until that fall, like maybe that September I recorded a little bit for her. And even in that first recording session, they didn't tell me what the game was. Wow. So I was recording the first chunk of lines just being like, yeah, it's like a space game. You're just like a space pilot. No big deal. And I was like, okay. And so we recorded the first several lines just being like, I don't know, this is what she sounds like, I guess. And it's essentially like the way they were describing her to me in the booth. They were like, yeah, she's just kind of she's kind of a smart ass. She's like, she doesn't mean it. She's harmless but she's a jackass. And I was like, so just it's just me. It's just me. And they were like, I don't know, is that you? And I was like, it's just me. So it wasn't that much of a stretch for a character choice. But yeah, did, did some recording and still didn't know what the game was. Still wasn't allowed to know. Very hush-hush. And it wasn't until like... I think the next summer, like there was a big gap where I think some game development was going on and the scripts weren't ready yet and all that kind of stuff. Stuff kept getting pushed back. And then I think 2022, when they brought me back in with a lot more script, they were like, okay, so here's the deal. (laughs) You're in the aliens universe. And I was like, "Ah!" freaked out, but played it cool. And... (laughs) was really really excited and then suddenly the lines were like making more sense to me and I was like okay I see where you were going with this now so then of course I like re-binged the aliens movies to to get a sense of the characters and just the world that they're in and everything then you're able to focus once you know what you're doing you can focus in on it and it makes it a lot easier but it's a it's a tricky industry to work in because they do not want to tell you anything until the last minute is it typical to have like that big gap in I record a little bit here sometimes yeah it's it depends on the the size of the game I think and also 
just like, I don't know, I think a lot of stuff was still kind of backed up from the pandemic in 2021. So maybe some stuff kind of was still catching up. But yeah, I can't really speak on on that to, because I'm not part of the game dev team that does the script writing and all that. So I don't really know what it is that causes the delays like that. But it does happen. There there have been quite a few games where I've recorded material for it and they go, oh, cool, there'll be some more later. And then you kind of forget about it. And then about a year later, they're like, hey, it's me again. <laughs> we wrote two more pages. And you're like, oh, God, OK, yeah, of course. And you come back in. Does that not make it difficult? It's very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very difficult. It's difficult because you you kind of never know when you're done unless they go, and that's a wrap. But even then, sometimes they go, oh, just kidding. We've had some rewrites and come back again later. It's always fun to jump back in and do a character that you were working on before because they've got your clips there from what you recorded. They can play them back for you to sort of get you back into the character in your head and where your voice was sitting and all that, which is great. I would love it if we were able to like, do it in big chunks so you could kind of stay in it the whole time but that's not that's not the way it works <laughs> with video games you got to be able to hop in and hop out several times <laughs> yeah long development process with a lot of them yeah it really is it really really is they were all very nice all the all the game devs on um the aliens uh work it, they were really cool they were fun did they have to play you about your initial stuff for hunslet yeah i'm sure they did yeah several times i mean I, I went in a bunch of times to record and there were big spaces in between them so we always would just go back and listen to remember where my voice was sitting the last time we did lines and all that kind of stuff and then either we they redid a scene or if they've added a bit to a scene they would patch it all together and go right so this is happening between this and this and here we go yeah it's good stuff so you you mentioned going back and binging alien the alien films again you know when you realize what you were working on so just to sort of build on from that you know military and science fiction really loves pilots it really does they do yeah but the alien franchise hasn't spent too much time with its own dropship pilots so i can't imagine you had too much in the way of in in universe reference there so how did you prepare for this role how did you get in that headspace without that specific reference <laughs> yeah well if you go back and you're trying to to watch like specifically alien universe pilots you know you only get pharaoh for <laughs> for a little chunk and then she gets it there's only so many references that that you can find for that specific universe but you get the idea of like the back and forth between all of the marines the way they all act towards each other and the way that they have that sort of like almost fraternity vibe where they're like giving each other shit all the time but it's in jest but then when stuff gets heated and they start like really jabbing where it hurts and like they get into a scuffle and then it's you know they do the breaking it up and oh we're cool we're on the same team guys you know you get you get that sort of like that vibe <laughs> by watching Starship Troopers is another similar one where I could you could watch that and get the same similar like demeanor of all the soldiers and everything and, and the way they talk to each other. So just watching movies like that, they were like, we kind of want her to be somewhere between like Hudson and Pharaoh and like a little Vasquez and like like a mixture of the quippy, stupid lines of like Hudson, but she's cool. They even gave me a little backstory for her. Once I was allowed to know what the game was, they gave me like a little bio for her that said something like she was really, really smart 
like Ivy League smart. Like she went to an Ivy League school to be an engineer, but like didn't care, like was really a slacker in school. So it was just like coasting through her classes and not doing any effort. And the school had to be like, hey, slacker, you kind of need to up your game here. And she was like, yeah, that's not me. Sorry, deuces. And she like quit Ivy League school and was a disappointment to her parents. So just like joined the Marines to get away from everybody and to stop everybody pressuring her and then was like, oh, this is actually really fun. I could get into this. And so she's like, she she has a smart ass mouth. I think she uses that as a defense mechanism, but she's actually really fucking clever. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the Stargate franchise, and that is essentially Jack O'Neill in that series. Right, right. Uses humor as a, a way to deflect from his actual intelligence. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's exactly the vibe they were going for. And so I was like, oh, that really helps with <laughs> with like how you're going to deliver lines and how you're going to be snarky at your, you know, coworkers or your boss or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, even though we haven't had too many dropship pilots, I mean, really just the one in the, the Alien films, the games have had a few notable ones. I, I knew you were going to bring her up. I, I couldn't remember her name when I was writing the questions, which is why I didn't mention her, but I knew you'd bring it up. Go on. Are you thinking of Johnson for AVP2? Yes, that's it, yeah. Yeah, she she was one of the earlier ones, and then more recently we had Thayan with the last Aliens game, Fireteam Elite. No, I haven't played either of those, but that's I'm glad that they're getting the attention they deserve. They do seem to all have like snarky yet endearing personalities. Like, yeah. Do your favorite quote from Johnson. Go on. You have to start it off. Where did you learn to fly? Flight school. The same place they taught me not to fly in hurricane winds. <laughs> she's, she's supposed to be Scottish, isn't she? Or Irish or something like that. Well, I can't do a female Irish accent very well, man. I'm sorry. I'm not the voice actor. <laughs> the, amount, the amount of times I hear Adam say that when we're playing games. Amazing. <laughs> but what was a typical recording session like for you? Uh, is most everything with voice acting still being done by remote these days? See, so you have your own studio now. Or were you in a studio at all for this process? Yeah, no, I was in a studio for this entire game. I did the audition from home from my remote studio. But then I did the recording at a really great studio in London called Side. And they do a lot of really good, cool video games there. And so I do a lot of my work there. But they all of the recordings we did were were at Side Studios. And yeah, it was kind of you you tend to get the scripts like maybe the day before you go in, you get the up the latest updated script. And then the day of sometimes they're like, oh, there's actually been a change. There's a couple extra lines that there weren't in there when you got them. You know, it's a lot of it's really last minute because like you can almost like feel the writers in the next room still writing pages as you're saying the lines. And then there would be the director at side in the booth, like with us. And that was Jay Bon. And then in the headsets were like some of the game devs, like some of the writers and stuff, just to be there to talk through some lines or to go, yeah, that's what we were thinking of. Or if we had any questions, like, what is she talking about in this? Because you don't always get like references. You kind of just get the lines and sometimes you only get your lines. So you don't know the context of what you're actually talking about. Yeah, you don't really know what you're talking about. Or if they mentioned like a new piece of equipment, a new ship, a new something or other, and we didn't know what that was yet because this is the first time they're ever mentioning it. We had them on the phone to kind of go, oh, that's this. Here's a picture of it. Let me show you a thing. 
So that was really, it's really cool. I love, I love getting all the kind of behind the scenes snippets of how they, they do all, they come up with all of that and work with us during the process. It was really fun. And Hunslet got a lot of love from fans who played this game. What do you think it is about this character that resonated with players? It's probably because she's the smartass. I think people like the funny character. They, especially if it's like a horror game or like a really suspenseful game, you cling to the comic relief moments where you can kind of <laughs> like let a little <laughs> tension off because somebody said something stupid. And also I think these characters are good for like being the person who says the thing that the audience is thinking. And I, I think every good show or, or game should have somebody who is the one who, who says what you're thinking at home. While the cool guys are being cool and saying their cool guy lines, you need the one snarky person to be like, does anyone else think this is weird? No? Okay, cool. I think I think having that foil there is really important. So I think she's just I think she's relatable because she's got that little snarky friend vibe. Yeah, yeah. Down to earth, like making jokes while everybody's panicking. Um, <laughs> you know, you got to be that person sometimes. Somebody's got to make light of the situation. That's it. That's it. Doesn't matter if everything's blowing up around you. And uh... yeah, is it funny? It's kind of funny, though, right? It is. It's <laughs> And and for a lot of the fandom, you know, the, the colonial marines are very much a particular thing, especially to cosplayers, you know, and, and the weaponry and the armor is something people love to create or, or have replicas of or expand upon, you know, do their own twists on things like that. You know, I've also seen people dressed as, you know, Pharaoh, as dropship pilot at, at conventions and stuff. And that's not to say I haven't seen any Nostromo crew members or... Um, oh, one of the London Comic Cons, I saw somebody go, walking around as David from Prometheus as well. You know, so the other the other films do get some love, but it's you know it's it's generally really the it's really the colonial marines. It's Sigourney. Everybody wants to be Sigourney. I mean, she doesn't get to armor up though, like. Or at least maybe that's just me. I do. <laughs> what do you think it is about you know about those colonial marines, about that look, that attitude that people find so endearing after all this time, and they they want to role play as them? I don't know. There's something about a good boiler suit, isn't there? A good sexy. <laughs> Zip up boiler suit and some combat boots. You can't go wrong. Put some cool patches on there. It's probably because it's fairly easy to make your own cool looking costume and have it look legit because you can get a boiler suit for fairly cheap. Stick a couple of the correct patches. Everybody's got, you know, their Etsy guy who makes custom nerd patches that you can order. I got mine off of some Etsy page. And then you get the aviators or you get a bandana or whatever that character's token accessory is. It's just, it's fun to play dress up, isn't it? Everybody wants to play dress up. And if it's accessible for you to make, I think that probably makes it a popular choice. Because cosplaying, some people put bank into their cosplay costumes. And I have nothing but respect for them. But I am also not a wealthy person. So the ones that look like, yes, I could probably pull that off and make that by myself in my bedroom. Like those are going to be the ones that I that I gravitate towards making myself. So maybe maybe it's that. I don't know. Yeah, the Colonial Marine costume and armor is definitely uh, more accessible, I'd say, than a lot of sci-fi franchises that cosplay like a Halo Spartan or something like that. Would be a lot more effort. Yeah, like a stormtrooper. You can't just whip up a good storm. You know what I mean? Versus like a boiler suit. <laughs> 
To, I mean, and to be fair as well, three I've uh, seen a lot more three D printing of the armor, which is just uh, made it a lot cheaper. Even now, though, like the people who who come with really intense costumes and stuff, like anybody costuming as a pilot, those helmets are not cheap. I have looked them up. Of course, they are not cheap. So respect, still. <laughs> so there's none sat on your shelf somewhere, then? No, no. I have I have some face hugger and some aviators. <laughs> But no, not a helmet. Someone else can buy that. <laughs> That's my cheap and dirty uh, cosplay. Some combat trousers, a shirt like it. with the logo, and then a face That's with a around my neck. Yeah, and we got the Nerf pulse rifle as well recently. That that's made it a little bit easier. Yeah, that's that's fun. It's always fun when there's like a toy version that's been released. <laughs> that's helpful. Oh, uh, one of the scenes that really helped endear the fan base to Hunslet was the dropship dogfight sequence, mm. which we've been told was nearly removed from the game. We were curious if there were any particular scenes or recording sessions that stood out for you in your memory as favorites. I didn't know that game that scene was nearly removed. I'm glad it wasn't. It's very cool. I was told that by a little birdie and it would have been a crime <laughs> if that had been removed from the game. I would have been outraged. No, I would have been fine. But yeah, that I'm glad that scene made it in because it was cool. It, I mean, there are very few lines in that scene. It's mostly just her doing the hello there, good looking. And then it's all cool graphics of her flying the ship. Favorite Hunslet bits. I think probably just anytime she's annoying the shit out of anyone on the other end of the line. Like I, I actually watched a compilation of of Hunslet lines that somebody put up online and I was cracking up laughing because 90% of them are met with can it Hunslet or shut up Hunslet or like, <laughs> like basically telling me to shut the fuck up. So that was always really fun. And then other than that, I think a crowning like life achievement moment for me was that I got to record some death scenes of other characters getting killed by like face huggers or a voice of veterinarian who gets killed by the like spear tail through her and then she gets sucked into an air vent so it's the noise of the thing going through you gut puncture and then you're gurgling blood and then you get dragged into the air vent so it was a whole it was a whole period of like trying to figure out what that scream specifically sounds like so fun and i remember like emailing my my, my agents as soon as i got out of that session like i have officially been killed by xenomorphs i feel like this is a life tick off box moment for me it was really fun how do you even come up with that you know that that reference material has got to be blacklisted on the internet surely <laughs> <laughs> i would love it if they could just send me that sound clip from just me the squelchy gross death noises we made because they were real good i was like oh can i get this as a ringtone ever after like you know when you are gurgling or whatever and you're supposed to have blood do you actually have to you know ever put anything you can put water you can do a lot of gurgles by just making your mouth wet while taking a chug of water beforehand and we do do that sometimes if they want it to be real juicy yeah <laughs> that's a lot of fun we spend a lot of time making sure that the deaths are as gross as humanly possible that is a good time yeah so so the other character played was the vet that we meet early on was it just Hunslet and um, I forget her name McNeil yes yes that's it that's it yeah McNeil and then I voiced a couple other like random people that you see get attacked in various scenes by face huggers so we had to do like dying noises while being smothered on your face and that kind of thing was that for like the early cut scenes with um... yeah some other cut scenes I think yeah it was just like you know lab assistants or whatever dying so how did you end up doing McNeil then was that a case of we've done that literally they just sometimes throw in an extra character with you 
They go, um, we have an extra one for you to do while you're here today. Yeah, they just use you while they have you. If they have other characters and, and you're still there, then they just go, cool, we're also going to give you this. <laughs> so does it just work on a, a session basis then? You know, we, we've got an hour, we've got this bit part, here you go. Yeah, sometimes I think it, sometimes I think it does work that way. And sometimes they just kind of go, right, we have this number of characters. We've hired this many actors. We have these small, tiny roles that only have a couple lines. Let's just dish them out and add them to the scripts of the other people that are there. So it makes sense to do it that way. We can all do multiple voices. So so long as you can make your character sound different from the last guy you were doing, it's it's all gravy. And you've told us offline that you hadn't had the chance to play the game, but you've seen cutscenes and your partner's played some of the games. So we were wondering what you had thought of what you've seen and if your partner had shared any of their thoughts on the game. He really likes it. I've watched him play it and there have been moments where he's gone, okay, I have to take a break because I don't think I breathed for the last 10 minutes. Like I need to, like, because it is, it's so stressful. I think the soundtrack is phenomenal. The sound is so good in this game. Yeah, I forget the composer's name, but he blended Aliens and Alien 3 so incredibly well. It's really cool and they really got all of the like the noises just right that very aliens the second one vibes with like the tracker beeping and all of that kind of stuff where like even if you can't see the danger you know it's coming and you start to sweat like that vibe is so heavy in the game which i really like yeah i think it looks great i think everybody did a great job we never get to or very rarely do you get to work with any of the other actors in the game you don't get to know who else is in it most of the time so it's nice like watching the cutscenes and seeing the final product and watching nick play the game and kind of going oh wow that character sounds really good that doesn't sound what i thought they were going to sound like or oh this this actor is really good i'm glad they cast that person and kind of like looking them up and try to figure out who everybody else is so in that respect it's as much a surprise to me as it is to anyone else playing the game so i mean even though you don't know the final cast you're still bouncing off like the the voice dialogue director aren't you doing the performances yeah and there were some scenes where like if harper had already come in and recorded some of the lines a day or two before i was coming in they would have his lines recorded and then they would just play them so i could back and forth with his voice which is really nice and otherwise you're just doing it with the director who will play off of you and read the other lines so you can get the dialogue going i mean that's good at least at at least there's uh, you know some back and forth there yeah it's cool when you do get to hear the other actors but i've never met any of them <laughs> at least i don't think i have do, do you not like look them up after the fact and drop them like a dm or something oh i look them up yeah i look them up for sure just to see if it's anyone that i know or to see if it's anyone that i've heard of and just to kind of see who else is in the games that i'm doing it's i kind of wish we all got to have a little cast party afterwards to kind of go oh hey like <laughs> it's a very different experience from filming isn't it totally totally i and yeah and coming from a theater background where you get very good friends with everybody that you work with because you're like you know the rehearsal process and everything so it takes so much time and then video game acting is the opposite end of the spectrum you get no time you get no like no information about what you're doing you get the lines as you walk in the room like it's very on your toes you got to just be ready to go with whatever they hand you so it's definitely different muscles being exercised there comparing the two then would you say voice acting's maybe a bit more stressful in terms of you know not having that prep time not having rehearsals it's a different kind of stress i wouldn't say it's more or less stressful but it's different you just you're on your feet so 
you just have to be like if the idea of improv and and like making stuff up as you go and being really flexible makes you nervous then it probably is more stressful if you would rather have a script that you can obsess over for a really long time before you get into it then it probably is a lot harder but i think because i've been doing it now for like almost 12 years I'm really used to it. So when I do get something far in advance and I like get to do script work, I'm like, oh, oh, like it feels so it feels so magical and different. But it's like a pleasant surprise if I get to know anything ahead of time. I'm just so used to it at this point. I don't know. Is that like Stockholm syndrome to say? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> is it not like the um, what's the meme of the guy, the dog sat at a table and everything around him is on fire? This is fine. There you go. Right. Right. This is fine. <laughs> So with some games that can happen, they they are a bit more prepared and they'll give you the stuff a bit earlier. Yeah, sometimes you sometimes if the games are not made by like huge developers, if they're like indie developers, they'll give you a lot more information because there's not as much pressure from them for like, oh, we have to save it for this game convention that we're unveiling all the information. We can't let any info sneak out before then because if it leaks, it'll ruin this, this and this. If they're just like an indie company and just like, I wrote this game and I'm really excited that you're here. (laughs) Here's everything about it. I've been writing it since I was 12. And you're like, yay, I love it. It's a totally different vibe to do like massive game, everything NDA, indie games where they're just like, do you want to be in my thing? I love you. And you're like, I love you too. And it just feels like totally, totally different vibe. (laughs) I think that's probably a a big difference is like how huge the game is, how secretive they are. Hunslet survives Dark Descent. I know. I was thrilled. Unlike McNeil. Well, you don't know. We don't actually see McNeil die. She gets sucked into that shaft. Although she did get speared through the gut. She's probably dead. Well, and to be fair, you know, a big bomb did go off. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, when you put it like that, I guess. I think it probably goes without saying, but would you would you want to come and revisit Hunter and revisit Aliens? Would you want to come back for a sequel? Absolutely. 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 Yeah, no, it was a blast. And I love that she's somebody who got to survive because I could totally see her being that character to go on to the next class of cadets and be like, all right, here's what happened. Let me tell you children a little story (laughs) about the shit I've seen. But yeah, no, I think that would be great if they did another game and she had a little comeback. That would be fantastic. Or I'll just come back and do more xenomorph death scenes, to be honest. Just throw me in the ring for those. They were a blast. I know Aaron and I are also hoping for future alien audio dramas because they've had some before. Oh, yeah, that's a point. Ah, that would be cool. So Audible did four audio dramas last year it was four yeah so nice. um, uk based yeah i am drop dirk mags a message see if he's got anything else going dirk's a buddy of mine i do know dirk well there you go you, you can you can throw in that look i was in an aliens game i think he knows i think he knows i was in an aliens game we um we did the sandman audible oh yes together i've got it but i haven't got around to listening to it yet oh dive in it's so good it's so good but yeah so he knows he knows so that's actually everything uh, we have for you. But before we sign off, do you have anything, any thoughts or anecdotes that you'd like to share that we haven't given you the chance to with any of our questions? Just thanks for having me. If you want to find me on on the interwebs, I'm Ashley Haddad in, in most places. So on um, the artist formerly known as Twitter, I'm Ashley Haddad is my name on that and Blue Sky. And then I think on threads and Instagram, I'm Ashley.Haddad. Any, any website? I do. It's AshleyHaddad.com. That's my website site yeah ashley l-e-i-g a-s-h-l-e-i-g-h hadad h-a-d-d-a-d that's me go visit 
tell me your your fave characters. Show me your fan art. I love it. Show me everything. I love it. Have you had much sent across for anything? I actually haven't gotten much fan art for for Alien stuff. For other games I have, there's a lot of Avlora fan art from Triangle Strategy. People got thirsty for Avlora. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's fun. (laughs) Google search that with care. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining us and coming and and nerding out with us for a bit. It's very much appreciated. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And thanks for voicing such a fun character in the game. Aaron and I really loved playing through that game and gave it a good review. And so we're totally happy with it. My pleasure. Do you want to whore us out for the end? Sure. So you can always find us at our main hub of activity, our website, avpgalaxy.net. And we're also on all the major socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and threads. We also have a Discord server and a Steam group. And thanks again to our patrons. You can find us there at patreon.com forward slash avpgalaxy. If you'd like to check that out, we got more podcasts in the works coming up here. But yeah, so. And if you're interested in learning more about Aliens Dark Descent specifically, um, we were joined at the end of last year by Thibaut Claudel, one of the writers of the game. And we spent a good three hours digging yeah, into so the, the details and specifics of the game so uh, head lovely back and give guy. very lovely guy he, uh, he also joined us on a stream as well so if you you know you're interested in watching us play and talk to um, Tebow you can check us out on YouTube on the previous live streams well thank you everybody for listening this has been Aaron Percival Adam Zeller and Ashley Haddad aka Corporal Hunslet. game over man game over <laughs>